Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to his holy name. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Epiphany Church. My name is Pastor Timmy. Um, We have a... Pastor B just happens to be in a, a, a conference, and it just happens to be in Miami. How, how convenient, right? How convenient. But, but um, I'm here, and I'm, I, I really have a, a, a sermon that I'm, I'm really eager, eager to preach. Um, I had a, a sermon that I had prepared previously, and... I actually switched the sermon and um, I really feel like God is going to use the scripture today to speak to our church. He really wants us to really examine this scripture. So um, would you guys uh, meet me in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29 to 31? I'm going to be reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. So before we start, um, I just, can we just praise God for, for just bringing us into a new year? If we could just, just give it up for the Lord. I don't know if you guys take it for granted that, that God has sought us through another year. It is so amazing. I know personally people that did not make it to 2020, and, and it's, it's only by the grace of God that we made it. Here and I, I, it's only by the grace of God that that we get to gather like this in this church together and commune and fellowship. It's only by the grace of God. All right, so let's dig into the scripture. Um, and the word of the Lord says, "Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet, not one of them falls to the ground without your Father's consent." But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid. You are worthy more than many sparrows. The title of today's sermon is called, His Eyes Are on the Sparrow. But what does that mean for me? Let's pray. It's... Me, it's me, it's me, O Lord, standing in need, O Lord. Standing in need of your presence, in need of your your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, Lord. If, if, If you're not here today, we meet in vain, Lord. We're so in need of your spirit here, God. We 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 want you to be present, O Lord, as as I speak. Allow me to preach your pure and true word, Lord. Edify your body, God. Edify your bride, Father God. The one who you love, Father God. Lord, help us, oh Lord. We, we, we pray, oh Lord, that today that I, I, I don't preach nothing but the gospel, oh Lord. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel, the good news of your son and our savior, Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Well, um, I don't know about y'all, but uh, 
I'm, I'm kind of happy that, that, the, that the holidays are over. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I'm, I'm happy because, praise God for that, yeah. Because uh, I'm, I'm the type of guy that, that goes to those family outings or family gatherings, and I'm, I'm usually the one late, and I'm the one that leaves early. I'm that guy because, you know, family could be, you know, a little extra, right? A lot extra, right? And, 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 and God forgive me. God forgive me. It'd be my mother. <laughs> it'd, it'd, it'd be my mother. Yeah, yeah. Can somebody agree or say amen? It'd be the mother's. My, my mother is so extra. She's just, she, she, she be asking the most craziest questions. She, she's that one that in front of everybody say, when you graduate, when, when you going to get a job, you know, when you get that job, she, she, she asks in front of everybody, oh, when are you going to get married? And then, then you get married. What's next? Yeah. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. My, my mother is so extra when it comes to these gatherings. And, and my mother is different. She just loves family. She loves gatherings. She, she just gets overjoyed with these, these moments. Every time, without fail, I know my mother so well, without fail, when everybody gets together, the way that she starts the gathering is by singing either an old school hymn or uh, a Nigerian uh, praise and worship song. Like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you know my mother, some of you know my mother in here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But, but I, I would ask, you know, my mother, why does she sing? Like, why? Is it important for her to sing because she honestly doesn't have the best singing voice? Like, like, like she thinks that she's a soprano, but she's really an alto. Like her notes be all over the place. But she she sings because you know I asked her I'm like, why do you sing? She says that I sing because I'm so overwhelmed. But what God has done in my life that I I just don't have words to express it. I have to sing. I'm so overjoyed that I have to start every single gathering with praise and thanksgiving. And so since I'm my, 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 my mother's son, in honor of my mother, I would like to start the sermon with a song, if that's okay. If that's okay with y'all. If that's okay with y'all. You know what I mean? It's, it's a familiar song. So uh, if you know the song, help your boy out because it's not really my ministry, you know. Um, so, uh, can you can you do me a favor? Can you snap a little snow slow snap? Okay, on beat. <laughs> Someone asked the question: Why do we sing when we lift our hands to Jesus? What does it really mean? Someone may be wondering when we sing our song. At times it may be crying, but nothing's even wrong. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes are on the sparrow. And that's the reason why I sing. What y'all know about that old school Kurt Frank? 
What y'all know about that? What y'all know about that? What y'all know about that? You know? No, I'm not. I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not joining the praise and worship ministry at at this moment. You know, it'd be too much talent on the stage. But, but, but that was actually one of the the most like the most memorable gospel songs in my childhood. It was one of the first songs that I've actually like listened to growing up, and um, I was always curious about the lyrics of that song. It's a beautiful song. I get it. It's it's definitely a beautiful song. But, but. Every time I, I listen to a song or I, I read a scripture, I always think about how does it apply to me? How does it impact me? How can I take this and, and sing it and really mean it? How does this apply to me? And, and uh, maybe it's because I, you know, I want to internalize it. Maybe it's because I'm so introspective. Uh, my wife would actually call it that you know, I'm just a self-centered Christian. But like, I, I just want it to apply to me. I really want it to understand. And so when I, I hear... Uh, you know, this this lyric, like, his eyes are on the sparrow. I think about, but what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with me? So, you know, me being the person I am, I researched it. And when I did my research, I think I, I realized that it was from a song. You guys probably heard it from uh, Sister Sister or Sister Act. Sister Act, sorry, not Sister Sister. <laughs> Totally different thing. Sister, <laughs> but Sister Act, right? Lauren Hill singing a song. And that song actually was a poem written by Savelia Martin. And in 1904, Savelia Martin, she, she was visiting an ill, bedridden friend that was terminally sick. She couldn't even walk. She was presently surprised by her friend because when she came in, she thought that she would be downtrodden. She thought she would be discouraged. But the friend had a strong faith in the Lord. The friend was reminded by the scripture that we've just read. He, she was reminded that his eyes are on the little sparrows. So certainly his eyes are on me. So inspired by her friend's faith, she, she jotted down the idea of this poem and she coined the phrase, his eyes are on the sparrow. But yet, I don't got the answers yet. I don't have the answers. You know, we talked about, you know, the sparrow, which is a little bird. We talked about that his eyes are on the sparrow. And apparently, you know, this, this sickly person is encouraged by the eyes being on a sparrow, uh, sparrow but, but, but again, what does that mean for me? How do I use this in my everyday life? I became curious, and my curiosity led me to the, the root of the, the inspiration, which is our text today, Matthew chapter 10. But before we get into the, the, the text, I want, I want to lay some foundation about the early books of, of Matthew. So um, you guys know about like uh, gender reveal parties and stuff like that. I think, I think they're, you know, doing things like they elevated and doing baby father or baby mother reveal parties now. <laughs> it's crazy. We live in a crazy world. We live in a crazy generation. But, but Jesus, Jesus, had, had a Lord and Savior 
reveal party with the Sermon on the Mount. He, he um, in the chapters going up to chapter 10, he's preaching and he's teaching with authority. He's healing the sick. He is raising the dead. He is rebuking the religious and the Pharisees. He's encouraging the downtrodden, protecting the downtrodden. And this all makes sense. It all makes sense because Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is fully man and and fully deity. He has the authority to do such. But in chapter 10, when we get to chapter 10, he does this this really strange thing that I that I didn't understand at first. He he the same authority that he that he had to preach, the same authority that he had to heal, the same authority that he had to raise the dead and cast out demons. He he gives that same authority to a group of 12. We call them the disciples. And I I think there's like a couple things to note about this because we, we have to understand who the disciples are. Who does God choose to give this type of authority to? And we also need to understand that how, how would the disciples feel when they got this type of assignment? I try to do a study on those 12. I try to, to figure out what is it about these 12 that made God give or made Jesus give him the authority to, to, to preach, to heal. That's a crazy authority. Giving them the Holy Spirit to start your ministry. It's a crazy authority. So I tried to do a study. And you know what I found out about the, these 12 disciples? Nothing. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't find out anything special about these people. I found out that a couple of them were some uh, fishermen. I found out that a couple of them were, were also like, one of them was like a politician. Um, and it, it, we, we, did, we don't find much about the disciples prior to them um, joining Jesus. And it, 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 I, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's, it's a group of regular people, regular average at best people. And I mean, if I were Jesus, you know, I, I would try to start my ministry with like, you know, like the Christian Avengers, you know what I mean? Like, like a group of all-stars, a group of superheroes in terms of scripture, a, a group of people that, that we know had moral character, a, a group of people that we, we know that could potentially do the job. But, you know, I, I, you think about like, uh, you know, a super team, like, like the Golden State Warriors a couple years ago, they had KD, they had Curry, they had Clay, they had Draymond. But, but what does Jesus do? Jesus metaphorically chooses the Knicks. Uh, he does a group of nobodies, a group of people that don't have much talent. Sorry if, if that, uh, you know, it's I right. yeah, talk it right. Um, but the, the 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 second thing to notice that's one thing to notice. Second thing to notice about uh, um, this this authority that Jesus gives is like how the disciples would feel once they had this assignment. You can't tell me, you cannot tell me that those disciples were not shook. You cannot tell me that those disciples were not shook. 
being average at best and, and getting, get, being given the same responsibilities as your Lord and Savior. That's like, you know, there, there's also some, some additional, uh, you know, context in the text. Uh, Jesus says that, um, um, Jesus says that uh, I'm, this task that I give you, it's, it's not going to be easy. It's actually going to be really hard. The task that I give you is going to be tremendously hard to, that, that I'm, I'm putting you out in, as sheep amongst wolves and, and that you would be persecuted for my namesake. Like, that's so crazy. Like, I, 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 I would be like tremendous. I would be shaking. It's like you being straight, you starting a new job, you, you working straight out of orientation and the CEO comes to you and say, hey, um, I give you the same authority that I have and I need you to go into this meeting. You make all the decisions you need. I need you to, you know, create a budget for the company. And I need you not knowing anything about the company. I, I don't think, I don't think you get it. I don't think you guys understand. Um, um, do, I know we had some first time visitors. I know we, we, this is your first time here, right? What, what's your name again? Ira. This is like me taking my, my microphone and say, Ira, can you come? You come. Come preach. <laughs> Shook. Shook. You got to understand. Unprepared. Unprepared. Untrained. Unrighteous. Nothing special about them individually except for one thing. The one thing that makes them special is that they're handpicked by Jesus himself. And that just goes to show you that God does not call the qualified he qualifies the call. Amen? Amen? So, so let's bring us back to the text. So, aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet, not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. Say consent. consent. Even, but even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows. I think that Jesus knew that disciples, you know, being, you know, untrained, being imperfect, being valuable human beings would be scared out of their minds. But Jesus does something really powerful. He does something really powerful. He doesn't say like, oh, you have great, amazing abilities. You can do it. You have uh, everything that it takes to get the job done. No, he doesn't boast in their abilities. What he does is he shows them the, 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 the character of God and that encourages them. Let's go back to the text. Throughout this text, it, it, we, it, it pops out, you know, who God is. That's what we, what we as, as Christians, when we move towards sanctification, when, when we uh, grow, we want to know more about God. We want to know who he is, how he is, what he does. So this text shows us what, what God is and who he is and his character. He shows it, two things pop out that you are God's priority. You are God's priority. Another thing is that you are valued by God. You are valued by God. First thing, you are God's priority. God is limitless. He's almighty. He has the capacity to love everyone immensely at the same time. 
God's capacity is far greater than any human. His ways are not our ways. You know, us humans, we have like this short uh, attention span. We, we don't have the ability to make multiple things our priority. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but like my mother, and I, I mean, I keep mentioning my mother. I pray that she doesn't re, like listen to this podcast. Um, my mother was master of the fade. Like she was the best at ignoring me. Like I would just seek her attention. I would always try to call her. I would be like, mom, mommy, mother, ma, mama, Mrs. Ogunfora. I, I would get a little bold and, and, and call her by her real name. I would be like, Tutu. And then she, after she smacked me in the head, she would go back to ignoring me, you know? But I get it. It's because she had a lot of things to do. She had five kids. She had two jobs. She was a business owner. She was an uh, owner of two businesses. She owned a store. She um, just had to hold down the household. Can mothers like give a snap or something? Had to hold down the household. Had to make sure that every single person in the house was fed, had to make sure everybody in the house had clean clothes, had to make sure that we did the homework, and she just also had to keep her sanity. So I get it. She didn't always have the attention for me. And I think where we mess up sometimes as Christians is that we treat God like we have the same, like he has the same capacity as our earthly parents Our God has the ability to hold the whole entire world together. He has the the power to give provision to each and every single living soul. He has the power to just keep the universe aligned. But he also has the power to hear you. He also has the power to listen to you when you call him with close detail. And when you call his name, he perks his ear and and. At all times, with all the requests, whether you're praying to him about a rough time or you're praying to him about a Bugatti that you want, God listens, whether it's the f- obviously a foolish prayer, whether your heart is not in the right place, whether your mind is not in the right place, God hears you and God still has a plan for you and God still wants to prosper you. But what does the the, the scripture say? It says that no sparrow falls without God's consent, which means that God allows and disallows everything that happens in your life. God is so detail-oriented. He's in the minutia of things. He feels when you're tired. He knows when you're fed up. He, he even knows when you're going through it. He understands it all. And God has still made you priority. The, let's get to the second the characteristic of God that, that pops out is that, that he deems you valuable. God's character is that he deems man valuable. Can you look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. you are valuable by God. 
Now turn to your next neighbor and say, although I didn't choose you first, <laughs> don't worry, you're still valuable by God. When we're talking about value, we have to understand that, that love and value are directly connected to one another. That love and value are inseparable. When, when somebody truly loves you, we can tell that they value you. I love my wife with all my heart, all my mind, with everything, and I would hope that I value you. Did I value you, babe? <laughs> See? <laughs> she just said that because y'all around, she would have said something else we were together. <laughs> and Jesus drives this point home in verse 32. He's 31. He says, so don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. And in ancient Israel, sparrows were the smallest and the cheapest birds that you can buy. They were, they were in, insignificant. They were negligible. They, they, there were so many birds around. There were so many sparrows around in the city that, that they were more of a nuisance than of value. And can I, can I teach a little bit real quick? Can I teach? So there, there's, this, there's this phrase called a fortiori argument. A fortiori is a Latin phrase that means to the stronger. It means that you start with a premise and reason to a stronger conclusion. And Jesus often uses this tactic in scripture by saying, how much more so? He uses it in, in, in Luke 11. He says that what father amongst you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of of a fish or if he asks for an egg we'll give him a scorpion if then who are who who <laughs> you who are evil know to give good gifts to your children how much more so will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask for it so he with this phrase, it's not a, it's not a, like a, a, a comparison. It's more of like a contrast. It's, it's if God notice, if God notices a sparrow, if God notices a creature that, that, that can't love him, can't think about him, can't obey him, can't be on mission for him, how much more so does he value a human? How much more so does he value human who is the imago Dei, the image of God? How much more so does he love and care about somebody who can think and, and has free will to obey and honor and love God? How much more so does he value you? Genesis 1, 26, it says that, then God says, let us make man in our image, talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, according to our likeness. This is, is very important. It says, man in our image, 
one, and then according to our likeness. It's not just the image of God that we have. We have the, the nature of God. We have the nature of God, and that's what connects us. That's what makes us sons and daughters of the Lord. How much more does he care about those who he actually has that relationship with? Could, could you imagine walking down the street, you're walking to your home, and, and, and you, you, you see your house, and you realize that it's on fire. You see your, your apartment building, and it's completely on fire. And, and you see somebody in the window that's asking for help. What would you do? You know, the altruistic thing is, you know, you want to help them. I don't know if I'm going in the building, but I, I might get somebody that might go into that building. But, but now imagine that person is a relative. Now imagine that's, that person is your spouse. Now imagine that person is your child. Now imagine that person is your mother, your father. How much more so would you go and help, go and assist? As humans, we are valued above all creatures, above all creatures. I know you love your pet dog, but God values you human over all creatures. So God doesn't leave us in the the quote-unquote fires of our lives. Church, I really want us to understand that you are worth more in the eyes of those who really matters, our Lord and Savior, the author and finisher of our faith. So it's really, really important. It's so important that we understand, we have the revelation, that we have the epiphany, no pun intended, that we have the epiphany of God's value for us. And not that we just have that, that epiphany, but we also have the, the, the same view, the same exact view that God has for us. We, God's value for us is here. But what happens to a lot of Christians, what happens to a lot of people in general, we know that God's value for us is here, but, but we're working at a, at, at a, a value right here. We, we value ourselves right here. And it doesn't align. It doesn't align. And it, it, it messes our whole life up. It messes our whole life up. It affects everything. A sense of self-work can influence your relationship with God. Feeling a lack of self-worth, uh, some inadequacy, some, some self-hatred, it can literally stop you from being aligned with God's will. You know, feeling unworthy or afraid, it, 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 it stops you from attaining the Lord's will before, you, before uh, God actually allows, you know, puts this plant or a seed right in front of you. Could you imagine God giving you an opportunity for a job and, and you won't even receive it because you don't feel like you're worthy You've been praying for a new opportunity. You've been praying for God to make a way. And when God makes that way, you don't even receive it because you don't think that you're good enough. Can you imagine that you've been praying for a spouse? You've been praying for a husband. You've been praying for a wife all of your life. And, 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 and God presents you with this person, this, this beautiful person, this, this moral person. And, and you won't receive it because you don't think that you're good enough for that person. We have to have the same value that God sees us. A, a sense of self-work, a, a lower sense of self-worth affects the way that, that, we, um, that we treat one another. 
you know, low self-value can, can make it difficult to value others. You know, the one thing that, that Jesus called, one of the primary things that Jesus calls us as Christians to do is love each other like you love yourself. But how can you love somebody else when you don't love yourself? Help this generation. How can you love how can you have value in somebody? How can you treat somebody like the Amagu Day when you don't value yourself? You don't see the value in yourself. It is so important that you value yourself so you can also serve others. God has called us to serve others and, and minister to others and, 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 and increase our ministry. We are glory reflectors, but we're not going to have the appropriate value on others until we value ourselves. And, and lastly, a, a low self, a low sense of self-work, a low sense of self-worth, it, it actually makes you vulnerable to the enemy. In, in 1999, there was a, a, a painting in Amsterdam. Uh, it was a Picasso painting. And a deranged mental patient took a knife and literally slashed it. And slash it. The, the painting was called like nude in the garden. I, maybe they had a problem with, with the nudity. I don't know what's going on. But like he slashed the, the painting. And no one was like, okay, let's discard this. Let's throw this away. No one said um, like, we, we, this is useless. Immediately, our uh, restoration experts went to that painting and tried to restore it. You know why? Because they saw value in it. That, that painting was worth five to seven million dollars to, to an art lover that was precious. And, and, and the devil, the enemy, is, is, is sort of like that deranged uh, mental patient, you know, because he's out to destroy what God has created in us. You know, nothing pulls down your self-worth. Nothing pulls down your confidence like prolonged discouragement, like constant failure, like mental, physical, and emotional illness. And when you're weak, the enemy will use any tactic, anything to kill, still, and destroy God's plan for us. And the world, what the world would do, the world will undervalue you for your experience, what you've been through. The world will undervalue you for the scars that you have, those experiences that you had, the sin that you had in the past, those, those things that, that you were just born with. And what they will do is they will make you take off the value that God has for you and then put on the value that they've created. But that is not our portion in the name of Jesus. That is not our portion in the name of Jesus. So, his eyes are on the sparrow. What does that mean for you? It means the same thing that it meant for disciples. It means the same thing that it meant for that bedridden patient. It means if his eyes are on the sparrow, how much more so does he see you? If his eyes are on the sparrow, how much more does he value you? If his eyes are on the sparrow, how much more does he love 
you. God sees you. No matter what you're going through today, God sees you. Even if you're, you're going through a grieving process, God sees you. If you're, you're hurting today, God sees you. If you're, you're, you're anxious today, God sees you. If you're in depression today, God sees you. If, if, if you're in sin today, if you feel far away from God, God sees you and he wants you and he's calling you today. Let's pray. My hope and prayer, Lord, today that, that our body, O oh Lord, that your church, that your bride really receives the revelation of, of your love and your value, O oh Lord. And not just receive that, that revelation of your love and your value, but that the Holy Spirit will work in them to continue to progress them, O oh Lord, that they, that they will, the value that you have for them will be the same, O oh Lord, that they, they would understand it and, and, and mirror and match the value that you see in them, Lord. God, Almighty Father, we pray that we are able to bask in your love, O oh Lord, that we would be able to understand your perfect love, Lord. The perfect love that casts out all fears, that, that casts out all lofty thoughts, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus that you just, we just understand your love better, oh Lord. You love us so much that, that you gave us your only begotten son, oh Lord. Help us receive it, oh Lord. Help us receive that value. It says in, in, in um, 1 John chapter 4, it says that your love is made manifest through Jesus Christ. Help us receive Jesus Christ today. If that's you who, who doesn't know Jesus and wants to receive him today, you can, see, you can receive him as your Lord and Savior. You can receive God's love for you, oh you can receive God's love for you today. I pray, oh Lord, that we really truly understand the value that we have, that God is our priority, that God's priority is us. <laughs> Lord, help us understand that. In your beautiful name we pray, amen.